You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Rua Space Podcast. I am Phil Vestal. And I am Erin Vestal. And we're thrilled to have you here with us today as we explore what it looks like to make space for the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. And today's episode that we're going to start into is all about Lectio Divina. A foundational practice of what we are going to be bringing forth on Rua Space as weekly we are going to have a Lectio Divina practice released on the podcast. And so what we want to do here is kind of give the foundation of that practice so that for those episodes, we're just going to go straight into it. This is kind of the one where we explain the background, the thinking, how it works. The history. And then I believe on every Monday, we're going to be releasing um, a new Lectio Divina, a way to, it'll release in the morning, early in the morning, so on the for the beginning of your week, on your drive into work, or as you're getting things ready, or if you can set aside time just to sit in silence with it for 10 minutes, it'll be a way to kick off your week in the scripture listening to God. Lectio Divina is a Latin phrase that translated means divine or sacred reading. So... It is essentially a spiritual discipline practice that you can do. And from our experience, it it kind of has a foot in two camps. It's some prayer and some meditation together. And it's a way that you engage scripture. And the purpose of doing a Lectio Divina practice is that you are communicating with God and hearing from God through the scripture. And what it looks like is very basic because we're going to get more into the details in just a moment. But essentially, you sit with six to eight passages or verses from scripture. Typically, there could be more, there could be less, but that's usually a good starting spot. And you read it a number of times and each time you reflect on a different aspect of that passage of scripture. You're going to leave silence in between each reading. And so it's really cool because in the way we practice it on the podcast, we'll read the passage for you. And so it's really cool to do with groups. Um, You can also do it by yourself by reading it aloud or having something that reads the text to you. But there's going to be silent gaps in between each reading. And so you're going to have this repetition and then you're going to have a space for listening because prayer and meditation are not the beginning of the conversation with God you're joining into a conversation that God already started. Mm -hmm. And so God is already speaking. God has revealed God's self to the world in creation, in scripture, in Jesus, in the Holy Spirit that's in us. And so Lectio Divina is a way that we engage scripture with a posture of listening, where we are submitting to God and listening, what is God wanting to say here? And repetition is at the center of this practice because repetition helps something to soak in deep, right? So I know in my own life, for example, if I had a big test coming up or if I had been working on a project for a long time or even more scary, and I hate to admit this, but let's say I'd watched, I'd binge watched a TV show like NCIS or something or The Walking Dead. 
I will sometimes have dreams then as if I'm like in that show, right? Mm-hmm. Because it it is like soaked in. And so work things can do this. Songs can do this. You discover that all of a sudden you're driving down the road and the song is stuck in your head because you've been listening on repeat. Yeah, especially over over. if you have toddlers and then you know which songs are stuck in your head. It's always the same theme. Songs Paw Patrol, the same shows. <laughs> Curious George. Yeah, yes. those are ours right now. <laughs> It is. Well, and this is essentially what is happening in Ezekiel. If you look at Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, one through three Ezekiel writes, he's, he says, And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. And am I mistaken? The scroll is essentially God's word, correct? Yeah, tell what he's going to go right. and do and so, say and... So then he said to me, son of man, eat the scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. And that is really what we're going to try to do through Lectio Divina is it's this hope that you are essentially eating the word of God. You're letting it soak into your body, become a part of who you are and transform, connect your mind what you read in scripture to what your heart and soul are hearing and feeling from God. Which is much better than actually eating scripture. We would not recommend that. Good fiber, but <laughs> it will not taste as sweet as honey. No. Nor is that the purpose of what is happening in Ezekiel <laughs> No, but, but you think about when you eat food, right? There's a reason that if you just eat a ton of sugar, you don't feel good. Mm. It's literally becoming a part of who you are. When you eat food, right. it's what your body uses to form your cells. It's what It, it becomes you. Mm. And so the idea, what he's saying in Ezekiel is eat this scroll. Let it become a part of your very cellular structure structure Mm. so that how you act this is actually a part of you not something you just think about not something you just read but actually a part of you Mm -hmm. and so Lectio Divina is a while it is a process it is a practice it's actually more of a posture Mm -hmm. it is more of an attitude and a submissive state to God's word and what God is saying where we come to listen to God and I come from a very academic background. So do you. And there's a, I mean, and we're going to do another series in the future all about scripture study. And I mean, diving in, dissecting to the smallest little, you know, jot and iota, as Jesus would say, right? And there's a place for that. But as post-enlightenment people, which again, that time when the scientific revolution took over, we became objective, everything became in our mind. We like to only dissect scripture. It's true. I think... That's the reason. And again, we are fans of Bible studies. Oh, yeah. Give you, give us a good old-fashioned scripture-based Bible study and we are in a happy place. But there is also a time when treating the scriptures as just a textbook, we don't get to tap into everything God has for us. Essentially, the scriptures should be to us also like reading letters from God to us. And... that's a different way you approach reading. When I read something that was written to me from my husband, I'm I'm engaging it differently. I'm not Mm -hmm. dissecting. Well, I mean, no. Usually I'm not dissecting (laughs) it. I was about to say if we're having a fight or something, maybe I'm dissecting it word for word to see what he means by things. Um, You know, a heated texture. No. Um, but, But essentially when you're reading something that your love has written to you, you're just letting those words soak in and you're feeling loved and cherished. And sometimes you you hear things from 
your spouse that challenge you. They might be telling you something that's a little hard to hear, but you really need to hear it to grow and to move on to something bigger and better. And, and the scripture has the potential to shape us that way as well in a, in a love letter sort of a way, if we allow it to. Yeah. It's a difference between like dissecting something and controlling it and understanding every little piece and saying like, I've got it in a box. I've got it. This is what it means. This is what it is. I can control it to, I'm going to listen to it anew. I'm going to let it take over me. I like your music example. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a song, right? Like you hear a song on the radio and it just hits you at an emotional place. It brings you back. Like for me, some of my favorite songs are like, it takes me back to my childhood, right? Like driving to school with my high school buddies, right? Or going to a hockey game or our wedding or something. A song can make you feel something. That's different than looking at that song on a on a, written out with notes and words and dissecting the melody and the meter and the, the rhythm and the chord structure and saying, ooh, I understand this song from a cellular and molecular level. Like, I've got it. It's I more like... I think usually call it like from a musical theory level. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, um... but yeah, but, but it's more of rather than dissecting and understanding every little bit and piece in that way, it is... I'm going to listen and let it just hit me. And I'm going to see, especially in terms of scripture, what does God have to say? And this is why the history of Lectio Divina is very interesting, because it wasn't always a part of the church, because in the very early time of the church, this was the natural way of reading scripture, that it was meant to be a part of who you were, that scripture reading was meant to be now what you go and do, mm-hmm. not studying just to get intellectual understanding. It was a eating of it and saying, what literally is God saying to me and our community and our world through this? It was a submissive state. Also interesting to think about, generally, there wasn't a lot of printed copies of scripture going around. So for people to be sitting around and studying the word of God, a lot of times it was in community and it was one person reading it and a lot of people soaking it in all together. So that also kind of gives you a picture of how this would have been coming about. So for a very long time, people were talking about scripture together because that was really the only time you got to participate in it. And then while you were on your own, you might try and remember what you had heard and try to reflect in it retell that story so you could pass it on and then understanding that there was like infinite depth to it that Mm -hmm. you could never fully grasp it now today so many times we're like what does that verse mean what is the answer and it's like well actually you know the rabbis say there's 70 faces to every torah to every scripture verse i mean even saint augustine said yesterday you understood a little today you understand more tomorrow you will understand still more Basically, the idea of there's infinite depth. You can go Mm -hmm. further and further and further. But that's not going to happen just on an intellectual level. Mm -mm. That happens from a, where am I in life? What is God saying to me here in this situation? Which character am I? Where is this hitting me at an emotional, spiritual life level? And we get to that from listening to it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I had my hand raised there. Um, To interject, you you were on the history track, though, and you were saying... Lectio Divina didn't always have a place in the church because it kind of was what the church was naturally doing right. as it got together. But, but even but then at some point it did become a thing. 
Yeah, so I mean, you can look at various parts of church history and how things started to change, like when the Roman Empire started to take over the church and the desert mothers and desert fathers went out to the desert. Um, where they started spending a lot of time listening. They were trying to understand, now that the empire's taken over, what does this mean? When everyone is just Christian now by nature of being here, and they started saying, we need to listen to the text again a little differently. Mm -hmm. And then Benedict is often credited with being one of the first because um, he wrote uh, the one rule of- One of the first of, to do Lectio Divina or well, formalize it? Yeah, in okay. a sense that he he wrote the rule of St. Benedict, which was for living in a monastery. So all these men and women who went to the, to the desert, there are certain teachers that started to gain a following. And St. Benedict wanted to organize these communities. And one of the foundational principles of this living to become like Christ, to understand scripture, was scripture reflection. Of okay. listening to and scripture. And that was a pillar of It his... was a pillar of someone reading and you listen, you let it soak in. We're going to study it, but we're going to be have a, we're going to have our listening ears on. That this <laughs> is a way for God to soak, for us to soak in what God is saying. And so okay. reflective reading was always a part of it. But then they kind of really started to say, this needs to be central to how we're doing things. And then in the 12th century, um, it became kind of this four-step process that we're going to kind of explain now um, with Guigo. And that was kind of this outline that we're going to talk about. So there was always a reflective listening component, but there's been kind of ebbs and flows of how well the church has, has engaged scripture and how well we have listened to it. So... It dates back hundreds and really thousands of years to the early church, to the early monasteries, to what earliest Christians were doing, and then has sort of gained its current shape later as a way to really engage it. That's so exciting. I can't wait to get to share this with you. By the way, if at this point you're wondering, are you going to finally start doing a guided Lectio Divina for us here today? The answer is yes, kind of, but it won't be in this episode. So you can tune into episode six yes. to see our very first one. And then again, every week. We'll so release. it released at the same time as this one and you can dive into that. Right. So I want to just give you a little bit of the nuts and bolts of what Lectio Divina looks like. Um, we will be doing one with you every Monday. It will be released. We would love it if you would join us. And we hope that it'll challenge our community as a, as a whole together as we do it. But this is also something you can easily do on your own. Yep. Um, Adding your, it to your Grab your time. family. Yep. I mean, you can do it together. You can do it alone. Exactly. Grab a friend, whatever works for you. Essentially, um, we have found it's easiest to do this in a quiet place without distractions. Um, I am currently a stay-at-home mom. I have found Lectio Divina is not impossible to do with my children around, but it is greatly challenged. So They haven't gotten the whole listening to the scripture part <laughs> they're, yet. They're both toddlers, so they just they mind themselves. Um, so I would strongly encourage this to be a time that you set aside solitarily. Again, um, we don't believe that, that God is going to judge you harshly if that is not how you choose to do this. But historically, that has been a component of it, is solitude. So to start Electio Divina practice, again, strongly encourage you to go somewhere quiet without distractions. You will find your mind distracting enough as it is. The very first thing we would have you do is to take some time to breathe deeply, settle yourself down. Your mind might be spinning a million miles a second trying to cover ground, trying to figure out problems you have going on in your life. Try to just let those pass 
so that you can come to a place where you can focus on scripture. As you are training your brain, and this is all, again, like we said in episode, was that episode four, where we talk about meditation, it's brain training. This is an exercise. You're not going to have it necessarily be easy and go smoothly the first time. But spiritual training, it takes work. It is training. So go easy on yourself. But do try to take a minute and calm yourself. And you have kind of a posture again of here I am, Lord. Mm. Like the posture is I'm here now. It's an excitement to be with God. That's what you get to do. (laughs) This is a time you get to go and just be with God and learn from him. There's no doubt that God's talking. Now we get to just listen. Yes. Yes. I love that. So the first thing you're going to do once you have calmed yourself is you're going to read a passage of scripture. And... The recommendation I've heard is like six to eight verses is usually a good amount. You could do fewer. You can do more. There's no right or wrong way to do this. But six to eight will probably give you something to chew on and something to engage. So it can be from any book of the Bible. There's no wrong book to do a Lectio Divina from. You may find certain ones easier or harder. Um, The Psalms are a great place to do Lectio Divinas. There's a range of emotions. There's a range of seeing God work there. Mm. The Gospels, if you're wanting to meditate on who Christ was and what he taught, that's a great place to go. There's really, um, you know, there's really no wrong place. But go, go to a place and read those verses of scripture and sit with them. Let them sink in and just think about, is there a verse or a phrase that stands out to you? Yeah, not analyzing, not trying to figure out, just sort of listening. What struck you as that passage was read? Mm-hmm. It might be just one word that stands out to you. It might be a phrase that stands out to you. And you may feel within yourself that it might be a positive that it stands out, or it might be a negative feeling that's making it stand out. Either way is okay. There's, you don't have to look for a certain feeling to let you know. It's just something in that passage that stands out. And, and we recommend letting then this time after this first reading, you can go as long as you want. If you only have two hours between parts, <laughs> that's great. But I mean, I would at least say, like, try and give it like at least two minutes of, mm-hmm. of silence sitting with what stood out to you after that first reading. Mm -hmm. Is this an appropriate time to say, too, that sometimes at this point in Lectio Divina, I feel myself rebelling and thinking, maybe I'll just do this later because this seems like a lot right now. That's that wild horse praying that we talked about in the last episode, (laughs) the wild animals trying to get away, and we have to take it captive. right? Right. So again, you are training, and whatever feelings and thoughts you have that come up about this, um, you aren't alone. Uh, chances are we have felt that too. But it is, we have found it's worth going through. And, and have grace for yourself. That's what That's a very important part of this that have compassion on yourself for what comes up. Because whatever comes up, if you can stick with it, then... God can bring then, healing, yeah, joy, then, then the work peace. is being done. Yeah. And you'll discover that you're more compassionate toward others as you can be more compassionate toward yourself. <laughs> but that's a whole other episode. <laughs> so you read There's it. There's so much so, potential. So part one, you read. And, and then, then for a few minutes, it. you sit with it. And what phrase stood out to you? Okay. Now, part two, you are going to start by reading again. Same passage. So, just to clarify, this is your second reading of the same passage that you read 
for the first part of Lectio Divina. So you read, think about what stands out, sit with that for a few minutes. Now you read again, and this time question, why is that what stood out to you? And then give yourself a few minutes, let yourself feel the feelings that come up, let yourself think the thoughts that come up, you might not end up with an answer and that's also okay. You might be struck though at how quickly the Holy Spirit sets an answer upon your heart and makes something clear. This is that time to listen. Why did that word or phrase mean something to you today? Yeah, is there anger coming up? Is there hope? Is there fear? Is there doubt? Is there a question? Whatever, skepticism. Whatever it is, just sit with it. Don't, you don't even have to try and answer it. This is a posture before God where we're saying, God, what is it you have for me? The answer may not come for hours, days, weeks later, <laughs> but you've opened yourself and God is going to show up. Mm. And so non-judgmentally, why did it come up? What are you feeling? Just pay attention to it. And whatever it is, don't fight it, mm. but allow it to be there. And I also encourage you to remember that our God that we love and serve is a loving, kind, good father mm. to us. And so as you're going through this exercise, he, he is going to treat you with love as he helps reveal and teach you and engages you where you're at. And he doesn't mind that you're where you're at. He is going to be thrilled that you are wanting to participate in getting to know God's way of life. Right. And how that can grow you and shape you. And so I think when you have that heart aspect, that's absolutely. Positive. So then after sitting with that for a couple minutes, you're going to read the same passage a third time. Yes. Read slowly, let it sink in, read it again. And this time you're going to ask yourself, based on this verse or phrase or word that stood out, why God brought it to you, what is the response you're being called to? What is your challenge that God might be challenging mm. you in? How is God perhaps encouraging you through this passage? How is God bringing you clarity to an area of your life you've been wrestling with and now he's making it clear through this word or passage? You're really, there's so many ways that God can be responding to you. There could be a call to repentance. There could be a feeling of pain. And maybe you're going to have to go talk with someone and work through something. There may be a call to forgive. Right. It could be anything. Yeah. And this is the time where you want to ask God based on this. Because again, we're not doing this just for more intellectual knowledge. Correct. We're doing this so it becomes a part of our very bones. And we're our... bringing scripture from our minds into our hearts and souls. And right. our hearts and our souls are, are tender places. Yeah. They're, they're vulnerable. That's where we keep things a lot of times even from everyone else we know. Um, right. And so God's going to move within you in those feeling ridden places so it's natural to feel feelings here so now the fourth step is you're going to read the passage yet again <laughs> fourth so, time fourth time uh same six to eight verses now you can understand why we didn't say go and read an entire book of scripture <laughs> for one lecture to read a passage so and this time after you have read this passage you're to just rest in gratitude it's an invitation to just be in god's presence we get to just rest there. And then we get to commit to what that response was. Mm. Whether it's God's immense love for you or a challenge or something you need to go do 
or a way you've been reoriented, we get to just thank God that mm-hmm. God has spoken that word and we get to rest and we get to be thankful and we get to then commit to going and being what we just experienced. Mm-hmm. And so the whole process is four readings. You leave a couple minutes in between each time. After the first reading, you are paying attention for a word or phrase. Then you read again and you are trying to figure out, not trying to figure out, you're trying to listen for... You're pondering. Pondering what, why that word or phrase. Then you read it again and then you are listening for what the response might be. And then you read it again and then you're resting in gratitude and committing to what God is saying to you. It, it, and, and through this... It is going to sink in. You're going to find now that it is going to come out at unexpected times. Mm-hmm. And it is going, because it's in there, it's a part of you. And this is what we want, is we want to be more alive, more awake, more open to the Holy Spirit that's in us, to God's word, to what God is saying. And this really opens us up to respond in a real way, not just intellectually, but at our very life level, we have made space for the mm-hmm. Spirit. Phil. So- One thing I wanted to ask you before we wrap this up today is you've mentioned a number of times it's a posture before God. And I know there may be listeners here who have heard as I have about different postures for prayer and that there's different postures. And I know some traditions even teach that different postures communicate different things to God. If you are asking of God, you might position your body one way. If you're, if you are, um, of course, doing different the, things. So, yeah. so my question for you is, when you say posture before God with Lectio Divina, is there a physical posture for Lectio Divina that would be helpful for people to start? Or Upside is this down, one of, usually. <laughs> <laughs> no. Or is yeah. this one of those practices where, yeah. you know, like solitude, there's not necessarily a physical orientation that would assist you no and and we'll probably do a whole episode on postures at some point because we see in the bible prostrating laying down Mm -hmm. beating our chest putting on sackcloth and ashes you know um standing kneeling different dancing different postures um i think what i'm talking about with the posture is it's a it's a posture of the heart of Mm -hmm. submission to god it's a posture of attentiveness of openness it's a posture of listening where we aren't controlling we aren't commanding we aren't figuring out we're not answering we're not putting in a box we're saying god here i am speak and of course we're still guided by scripture we're still guided by a good interpretation of it but it's just to say we come before god and say what else is kind of here? What angle is it? What are you saying to me right now today? I mean, ultimately, I think this is how we end up becoming a Psalm 1 type of person where it says that you can be a, the type of person like a tree planted by a stream of water where you are prospering and bearing fruit. And it says that type of person meditates on God's law day and night. And how do you do that? By setting aside time to listen, setting aside intentional time for scripture to become a part of who you are. I mean, I go back to Moses in the burning bush, right? God speaks to Moses when he sees that Moses turns aside. And so this is sort of our turning aside moment to say, God, here I am. Mm. And But I would recommend a posture that allows you to be attentive. And so this would usually be, you'll see people sit cross-legged on the floor with your back straight. You can close your eyes or have your face down, kind of um, unfocused, looking at the ground. 
sitting in a chair upright with your feet on the ground. Um, I personally don't recommend laying down. I, you can. I've just discovered that that's more difficult to really focus. I think sitting straight is usually a good one. But if that's uncomfortable, find a position that is good for you that allows you to be attentive and present. And that to me then is the most important part that then your internal posture can be one of submission and openness to what God is saying. Okay, that is very helpful to hear. And one other scripture we wanted to mention is uh, from Hebrews 4 verse 12. And in Hebrews 4 verse 12, and we just think this really aligns a lot with Lectio Divina and what you can expect from it then we are told for the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account uh, well, that is in an intense context <laughs> where <laughs> where there are some warnings going on. Um, I do think that very first part, especially for the word of God, is living and active. Yeah. And if you in your life, um, especially uh, recently, we don't know where you are in your faith journey, but if you have reached a point where you're wondering, like, well, what next? Or you're feeling you're feeling dried out and you're feeling like this just isn't relating to you perhaps at one point the scriptures really moved you and you have a conversion story where christ took over and changed your life and sometimes we find ourselves just feeling a little lost like well we've done that and now we've petered out or we've plateaued or we're we're not feeling the presence of the living god the way we once did and that can be really frightening and, or upsetting, um, and and just that reminder that his word is alive and mm. active. And Lectio Divina is a practice that for all of these many centuries, it's been a way that believers in Christ can tap into and feel that activity in their lives and know that, yes, the word of God is active. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's going to go deep. It's going to be real. And it's going to fit in your situation because God is speaking to you in his own word from God's own word. And it's going to be real for you. Right. And scripture promises that all things are for the good of those who love him. Right. So you don't have to uh, be worried but rejoice that this is an opportunity that you can do something new to Absolutely. tap into God's spirit and finding a way to make space for his Holy Spirit to come into your life. Absolutely. So go to episode six, or if you're listening to this later, any of the Lectio Divina uh, podcast episodes that come after it, make a space, become present, and eat some scripture. So brothers and sisters, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. As always, please uh, feel free to subscribe. We would love if you would leave a review on iTunes. Find us at ruaspace.com. Send us a question or a message message, subscribe to our newsletter, connect with us on social media. We love to discuss. We love to talk. And uh, until next time, may you make space for the spirit. Grace and peace be with you.